we go that is the sound to the bell for round number one of fight number four wow here we go folks punches and bunches shoe shines in the corner hot sauce to the ribs when in doubt stick it out ranchos aligado duro 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 pacificos boxing alfonso ruiz of course here with rick prado rick what's up man hey how's it going man you know just uh you know winding down from those fights this past weekend I'll tell you, man, I know we're going to get into them, but that is exactly, I got to give PBC credit. As much as we give PBC a hard time for not making the fights that we want to see, Rick, that was an old school value added fight card from top to bottom, man. Yeah, no, uh, exciting fights. You know, it was, uh, you know, and and fights where, um, you know, both fighters were in it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? It was a good article today. I got to get his name. I got to give him credit. A gentleman on Boxing Scene was talking about how it was reminiscent of an old boxing card because there's fights today that get made, Rick. There's cards that get made. And nowadays, the cards are very predictable, right? And and uh, and you know what I'm talking about. It's either the A-list fighter who they have fighting a tune-up fighter, right? Yeah. Somebody that we know they're going to win, right? Um and that's pretty much the way it is, right? And then if you want to see the really good fight, then maybe you'll see a pay-per-view where you see, you know, a, um, a couple of champions. But you don't see the competitive fights put on there. And I'm talking, Rick, not necessarily by champions. I'm talking about maybe guys that are ranked, you know, number seven, number 10, mm-hmm. but that would be competitive. And the reason you don't is that those guys are the ones that are fighting the champions, right, as a stay busy fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's mostly what you see, and that's part of why we lose uh, a lot of the boxing fan, right? Yeah. I used to tell you, right, I used to love the um, the USA Tuesday Night Fights, mm-hmm. right? Because those fights, Rick, uh, this was back I mean, this was in the 80s, right? I'm showing my age and, and early 90s. These were not the champions. These were that second tier. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you what you got on Tuesday Night Fights, Rick. You got competitive boxing matches. Yeah, and it, it was good to see, you know, on, uh, on Saturday, you know, the um, – Figueroa Neri fight, you know, uh, it was it was a close fight until it ended. All three of them, yeah, yeah. All, all of them, and yeah. we'll talk about all of them. But they were all very competitive, and that's what I'm saying. It's rare that you're able to get championship fights like this, mm-hmm. right? And then even the undercards, and let's just call them the semi-main events that are also competitive. Yeah, because in today's, like I said, in today's uh, boxing world, it doesn't work that way. It's usually a, a completely overmatched. I don't even want to call it B fighter, the guy who's the B C D mm-hmm. fighting the A list guy, and the guy just gets thrashed. But it's all about setting him up for the big payday. The A list guy it doesn't work. Not so on Saturday, man. It was it was pretty damn good. Uh, Rick, I said this is round number one mm-hmm. of fight number four. So that means Rick, this is round number forty seven technically, man. Oh wow. Imagine that, right? We talked about us doing this for almost a year. Well, you know, it doesn't take a math major to know that 52 weeks in a year. Mm -hmm. So we're getting close to a year. Getting close, yeah. We did miss a couple weeks, but not not very many weeks. Not very many, and that's with everything. We don't don't miss a lot of weeks, right? We're like, uh, what does Marvin Hagler say, right? Uh, It's hard to to get up and and, and do your road work at 5 a.m. when you're Mm -hmm. sleeping in silk pajamas, right? We don't sleep in silk pajamas, man. 
That's why we get up and we get to work every day. No, yeah, you know, yeah, we both, uh, you know, have taken both COVID shots and, and nothing, nothing has stopped us. Nothing. That's right. We're both completely vaccinated, right? Yeah. I still wear a mask just out of courtesy for other people, mm-hmm. Rick, but I don't have to, yeah. right? Completely, completely clean inside and out. All right. So let's talk about round one, though, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of round one fights, Rick. That come yeah. to mind, okay? I'll be honest with you. Um, I tried thinking about the fights that I remember that impacted me personally, right? A recent one, and this isn't the one, but honorable mention, was um, Erickson Lubin against the 154-pound Charlo. Yeah. Lubin, remember, was up and coming and was making a lot of noise, and Charlo completely destroyed him. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the fight we're going to talk about yeah. for round one, Rick. The fight that we're going to talk about... Because I thought that this fighter was going to do much better since he was coming in at 31-0. and 0, And I thought that he was going to give him trouble with his boxing, the sneakiness. I'm talking about Mike Tyson knocking out Michael Spinks in round one, Rick. Yeah, no, it, it uh, 1998. Yes, so, 88. Uh, 88, yes. yes. So, you know, I was, I was 10 years old at that time. This yeah. is one of the, one of my first fights that okay. I, I actually remember. Sure. You know. Ordering on the pay per view yeah. and, and and being there and watching. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. what do you think? No, it, you know, exciting fight. You know, definitely, you could see the fear yeah. in Spinks' uh, eyes yeah. a- ahead of time. Yeah. See, and I was I was disappointed, right? Because um, okay, I wasn't a big Michael Spinks fan because he beat um, he beat one of my favorite heavyweights, Larry Holmes. Mm-hmm. By the way, Rick, yesterday, right? I'm hanging out Sunday afternoon, right? Um, went to mass, took my kids to go eat. Uh, a good Mexican restaurant, right, here at an undisclosed location in Southern California. And I turn on the TV, and Boomer Esiason has, like, this, uh, apparently, this, like, sports talk show on television. Uh Guess who he's interviewing? The Easton Assassin. Oh, wow. He's interviewing Larry Holmes. I'm like, are you kidding me? How did did he sound? It was good, man. It was good. He was talking about how he fought uh, Muhammad Ali, about his fight with Jerry Cooney, the whole thing, right? But anyways, right? So uh, Michael Spinks uh, beat Larry Holmes in 85, and then he beat him again in 86, right? Mm -hmm. I was a big Larry Holmes fan. You know that. That's my favorite heavyweight of all time. One of my favorite fighters of all time. Never got the credit that he deserved, right? But I got over that, okay? Because Michael Spinks was really more of a light heavyweight, by the way. Yeah. Right, that's where he made his money at. He was really more of a light heavyweight. In fact, when he fought Larry Holmes, that was his first fight as a heavyweight. Was when he beat Larry Holmes. That's why that fight was such a was such an upset at the mm-hmm. time. And by the way, okay, uh, uh, um, I'm going to digress a bit. He fights Larry Holmes uh, five six years ago or before that. Rick Holmes knocks him out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Larry Holmes in his prime, but that's a, that, that's a story for another day. Yeah. So heading into the Tyson fight, right? He had he had just beaten um, the great white hope Jerry Cooney, knocks him out in in round five. We're talking about Michael Spinks. He's thirty one to zero. I thought if there is a fighter, right? Tyson was thirty four and zero at the time. That's going to give him fits. It's going to be this guy. Yeah. And it didn't work out that way, Rick. No. Yeah. It, it definitely didn't. Uh, you know the. Uh... He ends up getting knocked out in the first round. You know, another interesting thing is, you know, he just didn't fight again after this. That's the thing yeah. that was just like, it was mind blowing, yeah. right? Like that was it. After that, he completely retired. We never saw him again. Mm-hmm. It was just odd. Yeah, you know, it, right? Rarely does that happen. You know, I think uh, you know Prince Nassim Hamed was the other guy. Where, That's the other guy that know, comes to mind. He, yeah, he lost his the, the big fight against Barrera, and That's then right. never fought again. Right. Right, pretty much for the undisputed mm-hmm. heavyweight championship at the time, WBC, WBA, and the and the IBF. Yeah, 
and and that was it. And I still to this day, every time I see the fight, Rick, I still want to see the shot that landed. Yeah, it still didn't. It wasn't one of those right those uh-huh. patented you know Mike Tyson uppercuts that you could see jars the guy's head. Right, mm-hmm. that didn't happen here. Yeah, no, very strange. You know, he was uh, I think thirty two at the time, and yeah, to just never fight again. You know, after you know. A lot of fighters can't take that loss and then go off into retirement. They keep coming back and trying to get, you know, yep, right, uh, right off on a high note. Yeah, he did. He did, man. It was yeah. odd. So anyways, that's the round number one fight mm-hmm. um, that came to mind for me. And I know it's obviously a big fight. It evoked a lot of memories for you as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, Lubin, Charlo, there's a lot of round one fights. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, round one thrashings. You were right. You said last week round 15 is the tough ones. Yeah. Right, and we missed one. Right, we ran into his. Um, so let's get into that. Had a good time at the fights this weekend. Yeah. Right, absolute good time. Um, ran, we, in, ran into Goyo. Ran into Goyo. Yeah. That's right. We ran into Goyo. He came on. I want to say in season two. Uh-huh. Right, talking about the Hagler Leonard fight. Still mm-hmm. not happy. No, still not happy. Yeah, that that uh, that his man Hagler didn't get the decision. Uh, we told him it is what it is, right? Yeah. Still had a good time. Uh, we may have shared an adult beverage or two mm-hmm. with him as well. We had a fan come up to us and tell us who our favorite fighters were. Yeah. And they won the Pacific Coast Boxing hoodie. Very impressive hoodie, by the way. Uh-huh. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, much different scene this time, Rick, right? Here's the funny thing. We got better fights. Yeah. Uh, yeah better, in the ring. Better, yeah. Better fights in the ring. You know, I think uh, there were less fights. You know, they opened later, you know, and they were able to, con- you know, control the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the uh, the Dignity Health Sports Center did it right this mm-hmm. time. The fights were amazing. The um, concession stands, everything else worked out well. Yeah. We got an opportunity. Um, we got there early, got a chance to chat with David Venavides a little bit, right? Got a chance to talk with uh, Fortuna, who was there to watch his sister make her uh, professional debut, uh-huh. which we saw, and she looked pretty good. Yeah, she looked good. Uh, Tall, the other, lanky. The other girl was tough. You know, uh, she was throwing. You know what's interesting, Rick, is that it started from that point, right? Uh-huh. Don't know how we missed the very first fight. Yeah, well, they opened at 5, and I guess they started the first fight at 4.55. Yeah, if you haven't been yeah. to the Dignity Health Sports <laughs> Center, it's it's even slower than um, than the TSA. Uh-huh. And I get it. They have to go through other protocols. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not complaining. But I think that what they should do, however, right, is maybe open up the gates, I'm going to say 30 minutes, Maybe yeah, before, before the first, the first fight, fight, yeah. Just so people can kind of time that, right? Yeah. So first we get that first round knockout, and we missed it. Yeah, we heard. Yeah. Well, we heard Jimmy Lennon uh, Jr. kind of making some announcement. We're like, "What the heck?" Yeah. While we're in line, but anyways, um, we'll get into the fights. It was a good scene. So here's mm-hmm. what's going on today, Rick. Um, we're going to talk about the fights. Yeah. Got to got to break down what we thought. The uh, very competitive fights, including Fortuna's um, sister who fought. Okay, so yeah. we'll break that down. We had a lot of boxing news, right? As usual, no surprise. We got Joshua um, Fury update, right? Mm-hmm. I know you got some more Golden Boy stuff coming up. Yeah. Some plant Canelo, right? Yep. Some you know stuffs already starting to come out. Um, big fight next weekend, Rick. Yeah. Super fight. Super fight. Super yeah. fight. Unification. You get one. Both. Each guy has two belts. Gonna be a huge fight. Rare in the history of boxing, Rick. Forget yeah. about right now, where it's almost unheard of. Yeah. But a period in the history of boxing that you've got two guys undefeated, both holding right a share mm-hmm. 
of a particular weight division. In this case, it's the junior welterweight, 140-pound, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, going out at this Saturday, Rick. Yeah, no, uh, amazing. Finally. Yeah, finally. Um, you know, just a huge fight, and uh, hopefully it leads to more you know fights down the line. Absolutely. So we're going to break that down. Time allows. Um, we've been getting a lot of messages, Rick, about what happened to the welterweight tournament. Yeah, yeah. We're not done with the welterweight no. tournament. So here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to make sure we get to the right side of the bracket and talk mm-hmm. about one and eight, which is Terrence Bud Crawford against Virgil Ortiz Jr. Somebody's got to come out of that one eight. Yeah. To fight the winner. Well, uh, the two seven. Oh, two seven. That's right. Yeah. He's on the right side. Yeah. Two seven. Um, to fight the winner of who we already named, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Thurman and Sean Showtime Porter. Oh, oh, yeah. So the winner fights Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, folks, right after the break. A lot of good stuff. We'll be right back for Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, so, Rick, let's talk about the card. Amazing night. Like we said, you know, we had an opportunity to spend time and talk to different fighters, Benavides, Fortuna, uh, Stephen Fulton. Yeah. We ran into, uh, kind of chatted with them. Benavides had some interesting things, of course, to say, right? He says he's, you know, he's ready to go. He's ready yeah. to fight Canelo. Ready right? to fight Canelo. You know, he'd, uh, he'd beat Plant, no, you know, no problem. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, well, you know, why doesn't PBC, because it's a good, it's a valid question, yeah. right? They're both PBC guys. Why wouldn't they uh, pit Plant versus uh, Benavides? Yeah. Right? He's like, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think the answer, by the way, is that they want to hold plant with the with with the strap because no. it's probably more marketable against Canelo, yeah. right? Um it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Kind of a great white hope kind of thing. He's got a good story and I think there's an opportunity to make more money there, right? Yeah, you know, the the other thing is if, you know, say plant fights Canelo. Yeah. You know, loses, then you still have Benavides that can come and challenge right. Canelo. If right. they fought each other, they'd knock one and one of them would knock the other off. Yeah. Then that fight wouldn't be as lucrative as it that's would be. A, that's exactly right. It just sets yeah. up better fights. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just like we were talking about uh, last week, is that I think PBC looks at that and says, okay, Canelo, we'll give you, right? Uh-huh. We'll give you this plant fight, right? Yeah. Knowing in the back of their minds, right? They're smart. Al Heyman's no, no, you know, this isn't, he's no dummy in the boxing business. Yeah. In fact, he's, he's a great, you know, has a, has great business acumen. He says, okay, however, right? Yeah, you give us Benavides or Charlo. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and who knows? You know, maybe they throw a three fight deal out at, yeah. him. you know, Plant, ben, Benavides, and then, uh, you know, Charlo um, right. at the end. You never know, man. And Benavides look great, by the way. Right? Uh, yeah. Benavides look in tremendous yeah. shape. Trend, tremendous shape. Almost look like you'd make weight now. Yeah. No, yeah, more yeah. than likely. Yeah, more than likely. And we didn't really get into that asking yeah. him about that fight, but. Okay, so let's talk about the fights, Rick. We talked about the card, amazing card. Yeah. Like I said, right? It's very rare that you get this kind of a card with this high level of fighters, and they're all competitive. Yeah. Okay. We can start with, um, although it was one of the first fights, it was it was more of a you know her first fight, uh, Fortuna's sister. Uh, but damn, that girl. Fundura. Uh, Fondura, sorry. The, yeah. The, um, Tower Inferno. Tower Inferno, yeah. Amazing uh, performance, really, by her opponent. Uh-huh. That was the interesting. I think that was kind of the theme of the whole night, by the way, is that the underdog, right, 
yeah. put up such a good fight that the main event fighter, you could say the A side, right? Yeah. Was even booed. Certainly in the case of your guy, your lock of the week, Xavier Martinez uh-huh. against uh, Burgos. Yeah. Right? No, I definitely knew that, uh, you know, in, in, in that fight, um, even if it was close, you know, it's, it's the Mayweather guy. Um, you know, I don't think we knew it at that point. Yeah. But um, there were a couple guys running around. They were actually Mayweather sons. Yeah. You know, oh, no they, kidding. They, and they were running around. Okay. Um, you know, hmm. so he they did have some, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, the money team was there. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, no uh, no Mayweather there. Yeah, no Mayweather. But I'll tell you what, though. Um, great fight, right? Yeah. Okay. And here was the, again, right? I mean, you talk about that fight, probably, that Martinez or Burgos fight, probably the fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Very could have been, right? Close to all of these fights. Yeah. But here's the thing about it, right, is that Martinez did win. And, and I always hate this, right, because I feel bad, right? Um, everybody booed him as he's leaving the arena, uh-huh. even though it's like, come on, folks, right? But, you know, there, I think there was some negativity towards him just because I think a lot of the people in the crowd knew yeah. he was with Mayweather. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I think you give people too much credit. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Well, maybe. I did hear a couple guys behind me. You know, oh, did you? F Mayweather in the okay. background. You know, so. that's, that's fair. Yeah. But there again, it's even more unfair, right, for this poor guy to get booed who fought his heart out. Yeah. Right? And I'm telling you, this guy, Burgos, gave him more than what he was planning on. I guarantee you. Yeah. Right? Fight all the way to the end. Um, but he did win. Martinez won. There was there was no doubt about mm-hmm. that, right? So great fight there. The semi main event. Um, our guy Danny Roman against um, Espinosa, right? Yeah. Danny Roman, typical Danny Roman fashion, right? Which is kind of becoming the norm for him. Doesn't start off um, really fast, right? Yeah. It's almost like he's kind of getting the feel of the opponent, kind of figuring out the timing, mm-hmm. and then by about the sixth or seventh round, right, hits him with the left to the nose, completely bloodies it, bloodies it starts to target that, and then pretty much takes over, Rick. Yeah, no, in, uh, you know, Ricardo Espinoza Franco is is a tough uh, tough fighter. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And there was, you know, a lot of back and forth, but, yeah. uh, you know, Daniel Roman looked great, and, you know, I'm still waiting for his uh, – you know, someone to give him a title shot. Yeah, unfortunately, right, we talked about running into Stephen Fulton is that, yeah. you know, the the cards were already drawn and apparently, you know, we'll get to the main event, Luis Neary and Brandon, the heartbreaker Figueroa, the winner of that fight is fighting Stephen Fulton. Mm-hmm. Well, how many more title eliminators does poor Danny Roman have to fight? Yeah. Uh, you know, it. I, I'm still looking for the Akhmadayev, uh, you know, rematch. I yeah. think that's number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somebody, somebody else has got to like he's got to keep fighting. It almost seems like he has to keep, you know, fighting off. You know, the number two ranked, the number three ranked. You know, just to kind of leave himself in the mix. Yeah, but it's ridiculous yeah. at this point. And I know Akhmadayev has got a fight coming up. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, set that fight up right mm-hmm. after. And Akhmadayev is going to win that fight. Have him fight Danny Roman. Because at yeah. this point, what would need to happen is Roman's going to have to sit there, twiddle his thumbs, and wait for the winner of Stephen Fulton and Brandon Figueroa. Yeah. And who knows if he even gets that fight? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, um, you know, and I think we talked to Daniel Roman about this, but, um, you know, may- maybe it's tough getting these fights because he's with Thompson, Thompson Promotions. Yeah. He's not with PBC. He's yeah. not with Top Rank. He's not. Right. You know, with one of these bigger uh, promotions, and right. he's just not getting the fights. It's unfortunate. That... No, you're right. That's when you're on the outside looking mm-hmm. in. You would think it'd be easier, right? Because he's yeah. kind of like um, network agnostic. So, in other yeah. words, you know, he's not tied to any 
promoter who's tied to NBC, yeah. Fox, Showtime, DAZN, right? He's not tied to anything. Yeah. And, and and I think you make a great point. In this case, it works against him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'd have more leverage, right, is yeah. what you're saying if he was with. It's just unfortunate. So now he's got to sit and wait for these two guys to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, get getting to that main event, Luis Neary, Brandon Figueroa. It was really a toss-up going into that, Rick. Um, yeah. Vegas had it as a toss-up. All mm-hmm. the numbers had it as a toss-up. I know we talked about giving Neary the slight edge. We did say, however— that Figueroa's big advantage, yeah. okay, was that he was the bigger fighter, not only taller fighter, but he'd been fighting at 122. Mm-hmm. Lewis Neary had not, and I got to tell you, that turned out to be the biggest advantage for Brandon Figueroa. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I was even kind of thinking, um, we're getting in the fifth and sixth round of this fight, yeah, and uh, I was thinking to myself, Figueroa's not using his height advantage at all. Yeah, you know, they're, they're they're just sitting there and they're trading punches back and forth. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they did say after the fight that that was the strategy. That yeah. If they were gonna get in a in, in a fight with Neary. Yeah. And that um, Neary would just he was gonna tire. And, yeah. And, and then they'd be able to take him out. And they and he did. Yeah. And that's the thing. So a lot of credit to Brandon, the heartbreaker Figueroa. Um, he executed on the game plan exactly exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. The the thing coming into that fight was that Brandon Figueroa's defense is is called out as being suspect, right? Yeah. And that he gets hit a lot. And Neary, you know, aggressive fighter from TJ Pantera, right? Yeah. Um, but again, Rick, I think little guy, good little guy, good big guy, the good big guy won here. Yeah. No. And um, you know, the scorecards at the time of the stoppage, um, one judge had it four uh, two Figueroa. Yeah. The other one had it three three. Yeah. And then the other one had it. One round to five for uh, Neary. Yeah. See, oh, so, no, yeah. so, you know, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. you know, this is one of those where if it got to the judges, yeah. you know, who who knows what was going to end up happening. No, the, and that's the thing is at that time, right? Yeah, Brandon Figueroa came on mm-hmm. in that last round, but that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Because I, Neary was doing well. Yeah. And I went back and I, I watched it, uh, you know, after the fact. Yeah. And uh, Steve Farhood had uh, Neary up two rounds. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have him up two rounds. I had him up. Yeah. Okay. I had him up or even, mm-hmm. right? I had more. Was the second judge had a 3 3? Yeah. That, that's kind of how I saw it, right? I had, because there was some of those rounds. These guys were the proverbial Rick phone booth type fight. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great fight. Like yeah. I said, that fight ends up taking the fight of the night simply because it, it was it, it meant something versus the Martinez and Burgos fight that that was not. Yeah. So no, great fight. Um, but it turned out again. I think the Brandon Figueroa. I think the weight, the height, ended up overwhelming him. Yeah, no, it did. You you definitely see in the, in the sixth and early in the seventh round. You know, Neri was tired. He was dead tired. And, yeah, and he couldn't uh, withstand. Yeah, you know the punishment. Yeah, and so so now. Yeah, Brandon Figueroa goes on to fight Stephen Fulton, uh-huh. right? That fight's probably, hopefully, going to take place later this year. And and Fulton's not going to tire. Yeah. You know, not, uh, no, not he's like not. Yeah. And Fulton, um, Fulton, legitimate, uh, 122. Yeah. Okay. Um, much bigger, uh, not much bigger, but much, um, much, a much better boxer, yeah. right? A lot more skilled in there. So this is going to be an interesting fight. And by the way, all, with all due respect to Danny Roman, who I would love to be in the mix, at least the best are by, fighting the best at the 122-pound uh, yeah. weight division. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. That part I can't complain no. about. You know what I'm saying? If we had this at every division, if that was the complaint, like, geez, this poor guy's being left out in the cold, mm-hmm. but the champions are fighting each other, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to that fight. I love Stephen Fulton, by the way. 
Uh, tough Philadelphia guy. He actually beat our guy, Adam Blue Nose Lopez, um, early in his career. Yeah. So that's going to be a good fight. Um, yeah, when you look around, when you look at the 122-pound, Daniel Roman rated like almost top five in every um, yeah. sa- in, in every uh, sanctioning body, which is rare, as you yeah. know, Rick, right? Danny Roman, number two in the WBO, six in the IBF, three, uh, three in the WBA, and two in the WBC. Yeah. No, right? you know, definitely you've got, you know, the top three of this division. you got Fulton, Figueroa, Akhmadayev, and then, you know, you got to kind of figure out who the fourth guy is. You know, we'd give it to our guy, uh, you know, Danny Roman. Yeah. You know, but, you know, who's the saying? You know, maybe they're going to give him, maybe he'll fight Neary. Yeah. You know, and see who that fourth guy is. Yeah. And, and But at this point, it's like poor guys, like for what? Yeah. Like eventually he's going to run into somebody yeah. who, who's going to beat him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's like, okay, never mind. You lost your shot. You lost your opportunity. Would love to yeah. uh, represent that guy. Um, anyways, amazing night of fights, Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, had a good time. We got to uh, interact and mingle with the fans. Yeah, gave away a lot of shirts. Right. Um, it was good to good to be out there. We gave away the sweatshirt. Uh-huh. Um, moved around the uh, the arena a little bit. Ran into a lot of a lot of good boxing people. Yeah, and you know, weather couldn't be better. You know, it was it weather was not was not excessively hot. Right. You know, it was, uh, it was kind of cloudy, but uh, you know, not not cold. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. All right, folks, that was our night at the fights. Um, next fights, TBD. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as far we, as the ones that we're going to attend in we, person, we, we got to see how they uh, how they pan out. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, maybe we go to Vegas for the next one. You know, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Could be. We we definitely won't be at the fights in Vegas this Saturday. Although, oh no! Although no, I would yeah. love to, but um, but we'll let everybody know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hope. I mean, again, yeah. We we we'll, we'll. You never know when we're gonna strike next. Yeah. Right. All right, folks. Well, come right back. Let's get into the boxing news, and then we got to break down Rick, the Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez super fight at 140. We'll be right back, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. It goes boxing. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Yeah, I mean, I know there's the Bonito um, Donaires fighting on the 29th, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think we'll be making that one. We've yeah, got, no, uh, I think uh, some last minute things, you know, popped up and. Uh, yeah, like like we have daughters. Yeah, that's the last minute thing, right? Yeah. Because we got daughters with commitments. Uh-huh. Things like prom night, Rick. And, yeah, and, and sometimes life events take priority. Apparently, you know. Yeah. Over over fight, so I, I think uh, I think we're making the right decision, you know. Yeah, you know, time the, will in, tell. In, in the long term, you know, in the yeah. short term, it doesn't seem that way. But yeah. yeah, definitely in the long term. We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about let's see about the boxing news, Rick. There's a lot going on in boxing. Yeah. Besides the fights that we attended, which were amazing. So let's hit some of the highlights, Rick. What's going on? Okay. So, yeah, uh, we'll start off with the, it's kind of a good news, bad news. Yeah. Where uh, it, it looks like we're really, really close to the uh, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, um, August 14th, Saudi Arabia. Everything was kind of the details yeah. were kind of there. Yeah. yeah. Um, each fighter was going to get, um, there were multiple reports. Some were saying 75 million apiece. Some were saying a hundred million a piece. Yeah. Um, but um 
now it looks like uh, not so fast. You yeah. Know, because an arbitrator just ruled that uh, Deontay Wilder needs to have his uh, fight against Tyson Fury by September 15th of this year. Yeah, that's crazy, right? So, yeah. he, so he's throwing some marbles in front of that whole deal. Mm-hmm. And you start to think, right, maybe that's why they never really fully committed, right? Yeah. And really inked an actual deal. Like maybe they were waiting, right, in the background for the for the legal portion of this to kind of play out. Yeah. And now it did. The question is, right, how legitimate is that? And is there going to be an opportunity is, you know, if the AJ and Fury fight is already too far down the road to pay the, you know, the step aside money. Yeah. To no. Deont- to Deontay Wilder, right? Are they too far down the road to say, hey, look, we've already got August, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the AJ and Fury fight. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know, um, you know, deals can always be made. You know, there's always uh agreements. You know, I think if if they sign something where, hey, we'll give you, you know, this amount of money to step aside and you'll be guaranteed that you'll you'll fight the winner. Yeah. Come, you know, December and then um and then you fight, you know, if you win that fight, then, yeah. then then you get the the loser from before. Yeah. I like it by the yeah. way. See if if it can work out that way, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it because here's why I'm okay with it. Because I think Fury completely demolishes Wilder again. Yeah. Right? He's already shown that he can take Wilder's patented right hand. Not only take it, but he nullifies it. Yeah. By the way, he smothers him with his boxing. So I think that I would love to see Fury put Wilder away for good, right? Yeah. And then it sets up the big AJ fight. I'm good with it either way. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen and Wilder takes the step-aside money, we get the fight that we all want to see because the two best heavyweights right now are AJ and Fury. So either way, it works out. Yeah. Okay? Um, I just hope that it doesn't, again, I just hope it doesn't change. Here's all I want. I just want the three of them, what, two of them to fight, period, Rick. Yeah. It's like I'm at a point where I don't even care. Uh-huh. Right? Can Are we going to at least see one fight in the heavyweight division of any significance? Yes, we saw Ariola and Ruiz a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was great, right? But those guys are nowhere near what anybody would consider the top heavyweights today, even though Ruiz beat AJ. No, and, and right now it just seems like we're, we're holding the heavyweight titles hostage. Yeah, you know, nobody... it is. No one's fighting. Yeah. You know, we talked about earlier, you know, round one was Michael Spinks and Tyson. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, the great Larry Holmes. These guys fought multiple times a year, Rick. Yeah. That's one of the things, you know, they were talking about Larry Holmes and they were asking him, you know, why he fought as many times as he did. You know what he said, Rick? Because he needed the money. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he said he fought because he needed the damn money, man. And, you know? and, and that could be the issue. That these guys are making so much money per fight yeah. that, you know, you can wait a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not worried about, you know, where's your, your next, you know, $25 million coming from. Yeah. In his heyday, Rick, okay, sorry to go back to Larry Holmes, yeah. but 1983, he fought four times, okay? Oh, wow. 1985, three times, Okay. So he was fined three or four times as the, you know, heavyweight champion, Rick, yeah. over and over and over again. And I can keep going. There was a couple times where he was injured, but when he was healthy, 1980, four times. Yeah. Okay. Zanon, Leroy Jones, Scott Ledoux, Muhammad Ali, Trevor Burbick, Leon Spinks, Ronaldo Snipes, just on and on and mm-hmm. on and on and on. Maybe it was because the money. Maybe, you know, obviously the financials. Uh, logistics were a little different back then, but they still fought, yeah. and it's still the most coveted uh, weight, you know, division in boxing. All right, you've got Canelo, 
single-handedly attracting 73,000. Yeah. Okay, Rick. So much for, you know, boxing, you know, is losing its interest. Mm-hmm. You can get one guy and pack 73,000. I don't even know if you can do that for a baseball game, man. No. Okay? Um, so it's unfortunate. And here's the heavyweights, and they're just kind of fumbling the ball trying to figure out who fights who. Yeah. So honestly, I don't even care. Uh-huh. Just someone fight someone, man. Yeah. Maybe. I don't care about step-aside money. I don't care if it's, you know, shoot, you know, what's the wrestling? Have a three-way match at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the, the WWE. The fatal three-way. Or, yeah. 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 Why not? Right? Uh, but, yeah, it just it, you two guys have to fight regardless of who it is, um, you know, and, and, and we'll figure it out. You know, it uh, – going on yeah. too long right yeah we're, we're yeah. going already to the third quarter of the year it's and it, they're not they're not we're no closer than we were weren't we than we were january 1st yeah. and they, like these heavyweights are fighting you know over the past three years yeah two to three times that's like, what i'm like, saying averaging like once a year yeah and yeah. i have to believe fury by the way i believe that fury really does want to fight yeah i believe that i, I do i believe mm-hmm. tyson fury really does want to fight and it is the legal issues that have gotten in yeah. his way that are that are just throwing marbles right in front of his path mm-hmm. i like the guy he seems yeah. legit wilder forget about it lost a lot of credibility with all of the outrageous excuses as to yeah. why he lost right he's lost complete credibility mm-hmm. complete credibility yeah. what you gotta say is i lost to a better man my hat's off to him i'll be back that's yeah. it yeah that's all you gotta say you know, and, and instead of going back into the ring, proving that you should be the next guy that gets a shot, yeah, he's just been kind of waiting around and you know, suing in court, doing yeah, and yeah. coming up with one excuse after another. Yeah, what else we got, Rick? Um, we've got uh, Caleb Plant. Uh, yeah, he wants uh, ten million dollars to uh, fight Canelo. Yeah, uh, doesn't seem you know outrageous. I think it's a um, yeah, you know, he'll probably st- he starting out at ten mil. You throw yeah. out a ten mil, and then you end up somewhere around seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty comparable to what uh, Billy Joe Saunders made, right? Yeah. Right around there. Then we said eight, nine million. Uh-huh. It's fair, especially when Canelo's making what? 30, 40? 30, 40. Yeah. yeah. Nothing compared to, you know, Manny Pacquiao type money. No. But here's the thing from Caleb Plant's perspective, 10 million pretty much sets you up for the rest of your life. Yeah. If he's not already set up, that sets him up for the rest of his life. No, yeah, it, it, it does. It, it, uh... Good guy, good story. I love it. And I think they should make it happen. And again, like we talked about earlier, I think PBC looks at this and says, because don't forget, right? Yeah. PBC gets a piece of that $10 million, Yeah. Right? So I think that's fair. Yeah. I, th- I think that's fine. Make it happen. We all know Canelo's going to beat him. I'm sorry, Canelo's yeah. going to beat him. Yeah. And I think he's going to beat him fairly easily. Right. Yeah. Right. Canelo's going to beat him. Billy Joe, I mean, you know, and so Caleb Plant, we appreciate him. Good guy. And then in the back room, right in the corner, mm-hmm. there's deals made for a Benavides. Or Charlo fight. Yeah. Which I think, and um, Canelo has said it, he actually respects David Benavides, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's very doable. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, if uh, Canelo signs like a, a multi-fight deal with PBC. You know, I think he really likes working with uh, Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yep. Um I know we touched on this last week, but uh, Oscar De La Hoya, um, yeah. you know, more news is coming out about the uh, George St. Pierre fight that uh, Dana White, <laughs> you know, he's put a block on the fight. He won't let GSP do it. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy, uh, the the head guy from Triller yeah. has been trying to get a hold of uh, Dana White to kind of work out some kind of deal where 
he could get the fight going and uh, he's not answering his calls. Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's funny too, right? Because apparently Dana White, like we said, he has that much control mm-hmm. over uh, over GSP, and we know that he's not going to make that kind of money fighting UFC, yeah. right? So is it a personal thing, right? Yeah. Does it impact um, George St. Pierre's marketability? Should he get beaten I, easily I think, by by Oscar De La Hoya? Yeah, I, I think that a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think the the big thing is that uh, Dana White doesn't like Oscar. You think he just doesn't? Yeah. yeah. What did he, what was the nickname he called him? Uh, Coke uh, something uh, De La Hoya? What did he call him again? Remember that? Yeah. Um, some some real derogatory yeah, so, name. So, so, of, something know, about, yeah. Inferring about his... Uh, cocaine habit. Yeah, and, right, yeah. right, right. I don't know, man, because here's the thing, right, is that regardless of how personal it is with these mm-hmm. guys, Rick, it's still about money, man. Yeah. It's still about money, and money talks. Mm-hmm. And if Dana White's... I'm, I'm, you know, not, not that being said, Dana White could say, hey, I don't need any more money. Yeah. Right? I think I think he actually is at the point where he doesn't right, need right. Money. He doesn't need yeah. any more money. So if he's at that point and says, "Look, I don't need any more money," and mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to feed. But here's the thing: if it's not George St. Pierre, it'll be somebody else. Yeah, and like and, De La Hoya doesn't need GSP to make money. No, and and here's the big thing too: is yeah. say George St. Pierre goes, yeah, he makes twenty million dollars to fight Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, he he's not paying anybody in the UFC twenty million dollars to fight anybody. Not even close. So not even close. I think that is probably the biggest issue. That's yeah. right, right. You know, like if if I'm if GSP is making twenty mil, yeah, and I'm only paying you guys, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand right, right. for your fights, right? And you're main eventing, right. A UFC, yeah. You know, and it, that's it, and that's what Logan's saying, right? Yeah, that's what the you know the Logan guy's saying the yeah. same thing, right? That he's making more money than these guys are making, and he's right. Yeah, and so yeah, so I mean, I think he's got to be looking at that, and, and it's unfortunate because. Now the personal stuff comes in the way. Yeah. Right? And if you're GSP, can you imagine? You have the opportunity to make millions. Yeah. Right? But it's because you're in contract with this guy, and this guy has personal beef with De La Hoya, so he's not allowing it to happen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that's unfortunate, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, and then it calls everything into question about, you know, uh, Dana White putting the fighters you know, before anything else, right? Mm-hmm. And what he cares about the business, not not in this case, man. Yeah, no, I, th- I think uh, he, you know he makes sure that uh, you know that company's making a, a lot of money, and, and yeah. nothing gets in the way. Yeah. Um, I, I think really the only guy that's kind of been able to break through and kind of McGregor, right? Yeah, McGregor. Yeah, the only guy that can can sit there and right. kind of dictate his his own terms. That's right. That's right. And he's done pretty well. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, Jose El Rayo Valenzuela, yeah. who uh, was on the undercard over yeah, at uh, the Neary fight. Yeah. Uh, pretty good lefty. Yeah. Um, he's saying that uh, it's 100% true. He's he's stopped Teofimo Lopez twice yeah. in sparring. That's what he's saying, huh? Yeah, that uh, you know he, he hit him with a body shot. He yeah. couldn't continue. Two weeks later, he came back to spar again. Yeah. And he did the same thing to him. Sparring sessions, you know, Rick, in boxing yeah. are some of the most... You want to talk about the most gray area uh-huh. events that didn't take place and yeah. did take place, right? They're one of the few events that you talk to two people uh-huh. who were there watching the same event, and you'll get two stories that are 180 degrees. Yeah. That's the thing about sparring, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take all of that with a grain of salt, man, because you don't know what was going on, what condition either fighter was in, what yeah. the other fighter was working on. Did it really get... 
Yeah. It, it, and if one guy's going at 30%, the other guy, you know, yeah, going you at 110. Know. Right. You know. Trust me, man. There's stories with Duran yeah. that Duran was knocked out in sparring sessions that, you know, Camacho got the better of. You know, depends who you ask. Yeah. And then you get a lot of the, you didn't hear it from me, but, you know, here's what happened in this particular <laughs> sparring session. You know, yeah. you cannot put a lot of weight in sparring sessions, Rick. You just cannot. But, yeah. you know, if it's this guy, Valenzuela, right, trying to put it out there, trying to, you know, maybe get under Teofimo's skin, maybe set something up in the future, okay. Mm-hmm. But for the real boxing fans, those of us that are in the know, don't put a lot of stock about what anybody says about a sparring session. It's like it's like BP, right, yeah. in softball or baseball, you know? Yeah. This guy hit, oh, man, you should have seen. He was at <laughs> every other ball he's hitting out, you know, over the fence. Softball, front toss, right? The batting cage hitter? Right, yeah. The, yeah. You know, and, and now in this sport, the, the cage queens, right? Yeah. Same thing, right? It's, it's, B, it's, it's BP, man. Yeah. Right? So, but I like it, you yeah. know? No, you know. I, and, and he did look good, there. but he did look good. He did look good, way. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he's now eight no. So you know it's still early in his career. You know, um, you know, but maybe down the road, you yeah. know, maybe a Tiafimo Lopez in you know three four years. Yeah. Um, also, we got some fights um, starting to be made. Uh, we got uh, your guy, you know, Jared Hurd. Yeah. Versus Luis Arias, he's going to be on the uh, Floyd Mayweather undercard. Yeah. Um, also, we've got um, Jojo Diaz is going to fight, uh, step in and fight uh, Javier Fortuna. Yeah. On uh, July 9th. That's under, interesting. Under zone. That's interesting, by the way. I give him a lot of credit, by yeah. the way, because like I said, you know, Jojo Diaz, he didn't make weight for his 130-pound mm-hmm. fight against the Russian, right, that he barely eked out. I don't see him as a 135-pound as a fighter. No. And to be fighting for Tuna, who everybody says, yeah. right, should be respected. Um, but going back to Jared Hurd, when did you say he was going to fight, Rick? Uh, on the Mayweather card. Um, I believe it's um, June 6th. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. For one, for once, you're not being sarcastic. That is my guy, Jared Hurd. Yeah. Right. I love Jared Hurd. He's one of my favorite fighters. One of my favorite people. I just, I love the way um, he he carries himself. Right. Mm-hmm. I love, I love his work ethic. Everything about him. Um, remember, he was on a showdown. Right. He was in route for the showdown with the 154 pound Jamar Charlo. Yeah. And then um, something happened with Julian Williams in 2019. Right. Uh, where he loses that fight. Um, and then after that, he comes back and he beats Francisco Santana. Um, and he hasn't fought since. Mm-hmm. You're talking about he hasn't fought since uh, January of 2020. I love this guy, man. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we haven't seen him. COVID impacted him. They still have to make that fight. That is still the fight, Rick. Him and the 154-pound Jamar Cello. Yeah. No, That's no. the fight. Yeah, that's definitely um, the fight we've been looking for. Yeah, we, we've we've been calling it out, and uh, you know, hopefully he does get that fight. No reason not to have that fight. They're both with PBC. Yeah, and they both lost. Yeah, they both have one loss. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's 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 a perfect scenario. But there we go again. Like I was saying at the very beginning, how this card that we had by PBC, mm-hmm. which was an amazing card, right? Um, yet we don't get these type of fights. Yeah, which are which are no brainers. But I get why they don't. They want to protect both of them. Especially the 154 pound Charlo. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Isaac Pitbull Cruz yeah. versus uh, Francisco Vargas. Francisco Vargas been through a couple wars, and uh, this is going to be his return bout. Yeah. Um, you know, may not be a good return bout. You know, the Isaac Cruz is pretty good. Yeah. And um, that'll be on um, 
June 19th, and that'll be on the Jamal Carlo uh, undercard. I gotcha. With Jamar Charlo, who's fighting no one really, right? Yeah. You know, the 160-pound Jamar Charlo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Montiel, I believe. Uh, Fernando Montiel. Yeah. Yes. Um, another interesting uh, deal on the on June nineteenth. Yeah. There's so many cards on this night. Yeah. You know, l- let me know which fight you're you're looking forward to the most. Okay. If you have yet to watch. All right. Teofimo Cambosis. Yeah. It's on you know June nineteenth. Yeah. Um, Inoue mm-hmm. versus Das Marinas. Wow. Uh, Charlo Montiel. Yeah. Mungia Suleki. Yeah. And your guy. Yeah. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> versus Anderson Silva. Oh, man. No you know, kidding. All huh? those fights are all on June 19th. How, how, did, how all, did that all happen? All separate cards. All, yeah. you know, you've got. Uh, that is you've crazy. Got Triller. You've yeah. got uh, Showtime pay per view. Yeah. You've got Top, you know, you've got ESPN, The yeah. Zone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who knows where how the uh, Chavez Jr. fight is going to be shown. So. Yeah, that's crazy. So, by the way, back in the 50s, Rick, yeah. a little bit of boxing history uh-huh. here, Rick, is in order. Guess how many nights a week there used to be fights, Rick? Uh, probably every night. Every night, yeah. Rick. That's exactly right. There used to be fights every single night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fights that were televised were usually Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay? Yeah. And then, you know, and that led all the way into the Tuesday night fights with USA, etc. We talked about the uh, the Hagler-Hearns um, fight was on a Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, no, it was on a Monday. The Hagler-Hearns fight was on a Monday, mm-hmm. April 15th. Now we look at that and we say, geez, how could that have happened? It, it wasn't a big deal back then, right? Yeah. This is, right, a scenario where it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that we have that many fights <laughs> happening on one day. Yeah, There's no reason why... They can't spread those out, yeah. you know, even a Friday night, a Saturday night, a Sunday, a Thursday night. What's wrong with Thursday night fights? And people would not only would people make them in person, but we'd, we more of us would watch them on television. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Because what are we going to watch that week? You said June 9th. What are we going to watch June 17th on that Thursday? Yeah. You know, there's no, there's yeah. no NFL football, yeah. right? There's no Thursday night football. There's no Thursday night baseball. The NBA Finals, maybe. Right? Yeah. The Lakers are out of it. Who's going to watch? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm a fight fan's fight, Rick. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, you know, and I'm, I'm a fight fan to the core. Um, the Inouye fight, of course, is what interests me. Yeah. Because everybody you name, he's the best fighter of everybody you name. Uh-huh. Um, Mungia sounds interesting. But there's no real competitive matchups of anybody you name. Yeah, no. Yeah. Am you, I right? No. You, you look at those ones and, yeah. you know, the, the A side should, should win all of those. Exactly the type of fight that I was talking to you about earlier, yeah. which is what's made, right? The A fight, fighting somebody just to basically keep moving on to set up for another fight, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe there's undercards there on those fights, but yeah, that's that's too bad. But damn, that's a loaded day. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it's packed. Is the, Ino- is the Inoue fight here stateside or is he fighting back in uh, Japan? Oh, no, it's stateside. It's in, it's in Vegas. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. You said at yeah. the- uh, At the, the Virgin the, uh, Hotel. That's exactly right. Same place- for next week's fight yeah. that I know we're going to break down here soon. What else we got, Rick? Uh, one last uh, thing on uh, the Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Uh, some news. Uh, Roly M- Romero came out um, and said that uh, he's going to be Ryan Garcia's next opponent. Yeah. That uh, he's also saying that the uh, the reason why Garcia canceled his fight, he wasn't yeah. happy with uh, the purse he was going to get. Yeah. And um, so he pulled out of that fight. Yeah. We don't know, man. You know, yeah. I keep... Um, I keep vacillating about mm-hmm. this, Rick, because I don't want to be the jerk yeah. 
that says, oh, geez, you know, I don't want to discount if, if it's legit, right, mm-hmm. that his anxiety issues and whatnot, because I don't know, man. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm going to go with Ryan Garcia, and I'm going to go ahead and say that it is legit, you know? Yeah. I have to believe him, and I think people need to respect that. That's yeah. what I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm not the guy, man, and I can't I can't judge him. And if he says that's what he's having issues with, then mm-hmm. he's putting it on Instagram. Um, I don't know him, so I'm going to take him at face value right now. Yeah. So what this guy's saying, who Roly Romero? Yeah, yeah. Screw him. He's not yeah. God. He doesn't judge hearts. Yeah, you know another n- another Mayweather guy. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm he, saying. He was at the fights this weekend too. The was Rolly he? Romero, yeah. We probably saw him walking around. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, that's it. I, that, that's what I got for the news. All right, man. All right, Rick. So here's the thing. We got to break down super fight. Let's mm-hmm. break down Taylor and Ramirez. Still got the stat of the week, and then we'll call it a wrap. Big, big, big fight week coming up. Folks, Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back with another super fight, which we are very privileged to get another super fight, Rick. In this era where it's difficult to make the big fights, we're getting um, the 140-pound fight which will crown the undisputed champion in that division josh taylor who holds the wba and ibf versions of that weight division jose ramirez wbo and wbc can't wait let me give you the quick tale of the tape rick it's as evenly by the way rick physically experiences as it's as evenly matched up as you can imagine by the way right um josh taylor 30 years old jose ramirez 28 um pro Josh Taylor's uh, five years as a professional. Jose Ramirez, eight. They're both 5'10". Reach, a little advantage to Jose Ramirez at 72 and a half inches. Josh Taylor, 69 and a half inches. Um, Josh Taylor, 17 and 0. Jose Ramirez, 26 and 0. Josh Taylor, 76% knockout, 65% knockout for Jose Ramirez. Josh Taylor has not fight has not fought in 238 days. Ramirez, it's been 266 days, Rick. So there's your simple tale of the tape. Yeah. Pretty even, Rick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, um, you know, I think uh, the, the big uh, difference is uh, Josh Taylor, you know, he, he, southpaw. He's a southpaw. Jose Ramirez, your orthodox yeah. right-hander. Yes, sir. Good point. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, and these guys, you know, pretty evenly matched. You know, I think they got some contrasting styles. You know, Josh Taylor's more the the uh, boxer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jose Ramirez is going to try to smother him and and uh, you know pound him. Yeah, Taylor's the one who won that uh, like that Super Series tournament, mm-hmm. sort of right at the at the 140 pound um, weight division. Uh, he did that by beating uh, Regis Progreus, of course, right. Um, in a close fight, by the way, Rick, that yeah. was a close fight that took place overseas. One judge actually had it 114-114, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other two judges had it 115-113, 117-112 in Josh Taylor's uh, favor, okay? Common opponents, um, Victor Pistol is probably the one guy that you can call out. And Josh Taylor beat him convincingly in the unanimous decision. Uh, Taylor, I don't want to say struggled, but it was a close decision. One judge, Dave Moretti, actually had it 114-114, Rick. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you, but I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because of the whole, 
you know the whole thing. Styles make fights, so I never put I never put stock into that. And they're different fighters at different time in their careers, mm-hmm. right? But it's the only thing that sometimes you can use as a barometer to say, "Geez, well, how did this guy do against that guy?" Because it doesn't always work out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but like you said, okay, here's the biggest differences between the two fighters as far as style is concerned. Jose Ramirez wins with that relentless pressure, yeah. with that in your face. He's coming forward kind of that phone booth type style, right? That's what he does. The question is, right, Josh Taylor, who has one of the better jabs in any weight division, certainly at 140 pounds, right? Excellent jab, excellent boxer, and is very adept at fighting inside also, Rick. Yeah. Okay? As he showed against Pistol, as he showed against Maurice Hooker, as he showed against Jose Cepeda, right? So here's the thing. From a boxing, from a skill set perspective, Josh Taylor would seem to have, would check both boxes, right? He can box and he can bang inside. Jose Ramirez, right, would seem to be a fighter that, I don't want to say Mm one-dimensional, but he's got one way of winning, which is going to be, he's going to have to smother him, he's going to have to make it a brawl, right? And he's going to have to basically uh, uh, turn it into a, not a boxing match, but a fight inside. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think anybody thinks that Jose Ramirez can win from the outside. Am I right? Yeah, no. He's not win from the outside. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to have to get inside. He's going to have to make it. And we already know that Josh Taylor can do that, right? And then being the crafty southpaw that he is, Rick, can Josh Taylor, right, in the first, I'm going to say, three, five, six rounds, can he put enough rounds in the bank away, Rick? that Ramirez in the later rounds now starts to get desperate, right? Uh And starts to leave himself open, and then Josh Taylor starts to pick him apart. Or can Ramirez start to wear him down in the later rounds? Yeah, you know, I I think this is probably as as even a fight as as we've had in a long time, where, you know, it. um, this is one where, you know, I had one guy winning all week long, and just today changed my prediction. That's very interesting, Rick. Yeah. That's very interesting. We're going to get to your prediction. Yeah. We're going to get to your prediction in a little bit. Um, as far as the odds are concerned, mm-hmm. um, Taylor is slightly favored in this fight. Okay. okay. He's slightly favored at about, it's it's almost even money. Okay. So Taylor's is, um, Ramirez is going off as two to one. If you want to look at the percentages, I always like looking at the percentages. Okay. Yeah. The percentages are saying that Taylor is about at a 60% chance of winning, right? Okay. That's kind of where it's at. Yeah. And and the money on Ramirez is about 50%. Okay? Mm. So that's that's pretty much that's pretty much where it's at. Um if you wanted to look at the actual line, okay, it's basically Josh Taylor and this is all you need to know. Josh Taylor at minus 149, Jose Ramirez at plus 111. When is the last time we had a fight, Rick, of this magnitude, okay? Mm-hmm. Over the last, right, over this year, right, we're both minus or plus, we're within, we're at the 100. Yeah, no, it, it just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened, yeah. right? So that's what I'm saying. So this is as close a fight as there is, and it tells you that when you mm-hmm. look at the numbers that Vegas is putting out there on these guys, man, right? Yeah. Because it's the same thing that I'm telling you, right? They're trying to hedge, they meaning, right, the folks that get paid to make money on these sort of fights and bets are saying, can Josh Taylor really outbox this guy, mm-hmm. right, for seven rounds? Yeah. That's all he needs to do. Can he outbox him for seven rounds, and can he withstand what we know is eventually going to be, 
right? The relentless pressure that Jose Ramirez is going to bring. But is it going to be too little too late for Jose Ramirez? Yeah, no, um, you know, all, all good points. You know, I think, um, you know, Taylor shows, you know, he's, he's a slick um, boxer, you know, excellent counter puncher. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to have to, you know, who can execute their plan? You know, Ramirez is going to want to punch, but he's going to have to also uh, be a little bit more conservative or, you know, Taylor's going to be able to um, counter punch him. Um, yeah. See, the thing, the difference in this fight, right, is that Josh Taylor can fight Ramirez's fight. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Josh Taylor can fight inside, yeah. right? He can bang with him and maybe even get the better. And that's where I think the difference is going to be. Early on, if these guys get inside and Josh Taylor shows, right, mm-hmm. that he can not only mix it up but dominate him in those early exchanges, Ramirez is in trouble. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, That that's, that's going to be a lot of trouble for mm-hmm. Ramirez. However, okay, if Josh Taylor re- realizes early on that Ramirez is too much inside and says, okay, I better get on my bike and yeah. start just putting rounds away, it's probably what he's going to do. This is why it's such a great fight, right? Yeah. The two best at 140. All right, Rick, we haven't heard your lock of the week, by the way. And yeah. I don't think it's going to be this one, by the way. Yeah, it probably isn't going to be this one. I think this one, uh, you know, it's, it's a really close call. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, both are going to have their moments. You know, it's going to be a great fight. I think it's going to be the type of fight that at the end of it, yeah, we're gonna want another one. Yeah, you that know, that's um, a that's a really good point, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I I agree with you. It's gonna be unsettled business at the end of the day. Yeah, and so you know, I think um, I, I definitely have this one going to decision. I I don't think there there'll, there'll be a knockout in this one. Yeah. Um, I think um, you know, their their last few fights, you know, have, have all kind of been decisions. Um, you know, a few knockouts mixed in, but. Um, for the most part, when the when the competition gets stepped up, yeah, you know they they do go to decision. Um, I I just have a feeling, you know, Ramirez has a great chin, um, you know, but I think I'm going to go with Taylor on this one. Wow. I think I, I think he's uh, you know great counter puncher. I think uh, he is going to be able to uh, bank enough rounds. Yes, uh, whether or not he gets it at the end, yeah, you know it, it it'll be a, a a close fight, and um, you know I'm hoping that uh, that. We're not talking about the judging come uh, come next Monday. So who who's uh, who promotes these guys? Uh, I think they're both top rank. Both top rank. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I asked that, and you know why mm-hmm. I asked that, right? Yeah. Because that makes a big difference, right? Yeah. As far as you know, who do the promoters want to see, mm-hmm. right? So it's not competing promoters; it's the same promotional company. Yeah. So that would tell you that no skin in the game either way, mm-hmm. right? Because both of these guys, right? are very marketable from that perspective, right? Yeah. Josh Taylor draws, right, by the droves overseas. Yeah. By the way, very interesting that you're going with the European guy, right, yeah. who you've called out as having questionable chins. Well, no, no, no. The, those are the English fighters. Um, uh, Josh Taylor is from uh, Scotland. Okay. You know, same same place as uh, Brave. Okay. Some people would say that's kind of the Bra- same thing, right? Bra- Braveheart. Okay. You know, Braveheart was from Scotland. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what you said a couple months ago, Rick. Yeah. I forget on what episode it was. I think it was like anybody from that side, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay, you 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 get to tell the story the way you want to tell the story. Yeah. Okay, here's what I think, Rick. Okay, I think you are absolutely wrong. Yeah. Okay, I think that Jose Ramirez is hungry. Okay, mm-hmm. I think every time we see Jose Ramirez fight... Listen, Rick, they doubted him, okay? Um, he wasn't even favored against Maurice Hooker, all yeah. right? 
Maurice Hooker was favored in that fight. They thought Maurice Hooker was going to outbox him. He was too slick, too long, right? Too strong. And Jose Ramirez went right through him, TKO in the sixth round, Rick. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to go right through Josh Taylor and knock him out. What I am saying is that Jose Ramirez continues to defy the odds, continues to defy the so-called boxing experts, okay? And I think that he is going to – I'm not saying he's going to go right through Josh Mm -hmm. Taylor, but I think Josh Taylor at some point is going to have no choice because, by the way, Josh Taylor is a fighter, right? He's not this English guy that's going to just run around for 12 rounds. He's going to engage, okay? And when they engage, it's going to be advantage Jose Luis – Jose Ramirez – and it's going to be game over. Jose Carlos Ramirez, sorry. Um, I'm thinking of the other Ramirez, Rick. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking of um, against, uh, what was his name? Great uh, fight. Jose Luis Castillo. Yeah, and, Castillo, uh, yes. Floyd Mayweather. Yes, 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 um, yes. So I, I, I think that, I think, uh, so I've got Ramirez decision, decision over Josh okay. Taylor, man. Yeah. You know, I, I do think it's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a close fight. Um, you know, we somebody could have picked a draw yeah. easily. Yeah. But um, you know, I think uh it, it it it'll be close. It'll probably be seven rounds to five, you know, kinda either way. Um I'm just hoping that uh, you know, there'll be a couple of knockdowns in this fight. There very well could be, Rick. Yeah. There very well could be. I mean, um, like I said, this is just I, I can't wait. Yeah. Like it's Monday and I wish we could fast forward to Saturday at about eight o'clock local yeah. time when we see this fight. Absolutely amazing. There you go, folks. You got our picks. Rick and I are split, which is rare. For a, uh, for a big fight like this. We'll see uh, what comes out of it. Coming up next, folks, stat of the week, and then we'll wrap this up, Rick. We'll be right back if it goes boxing. Wow, Pacific Coast Boxing back. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, that fight, Rick, Taylor and Ramirez. And we've been waiting. I mean, this is the fight we've been waiting for. We called this out last year when we started the podcast. And and we did our five fights that we wanted to see, and this this was one of them. Yeah, this was one of them. And so, yeah, we're getting it, you know, a year later or within Mm -hmm. a year later. But, damn. And I told you I ran into um, Ramirez at the Pechanga. Uh He was there with the son. Ironically, I was walking out with my son at the time. So we chatted for a little bit. We were both, you know, same parking lot, same thing. And just a good dude, man. He also does a lot. Now, that doesn't mean anything, right? I, yeah. I'm not picking him because of that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I spent some time with him. I got some, a chance to talk to him a little bit. Very nice uh, human being. Um, Yeah, man. I, okay. I am pulling for him. Yeah. Okay, there you okay. go. <laughs> I, am, I am pulling for him to win. But I have a lot of respect for Josh Taylor, though, man. Yeah. That 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 guy is a real fighter, Rick. No, yeah, and I, and I think it's oh gonna be gosh. it's gonna be a war, you know, come come Saturday. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Win, win, win or lose, man. Win, win or lose, I, I can't wait. But let's get to the stat of the week, Rick. Okay, uh, quickly, um, that's something I wanted to add. Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't do my lock of the week. That's you know, right. If, if you're doing your money, yes, and that's you're putting right. your money on the right fight, yeah, I'm gonna go with Elvis Rodriguez on yes. the undercard, yes. over Kenneth Sims Jr. Okay, good you know, one. That's a super lightweight fight. I apologize, Rick. How did yeah. we not get to the lock no, of the no, week? No, no, no. You should have snuck it in. You know, I, snuck I think, it in before. Uh, you know, 
you know, a lot of the money, you know, I think a lot of the reason why Josh, yeah. the Josh Taylor money, why it's 60-40 now yeah. is because they knew that I was switching my pick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, the the money moves. Yeah. Yeah, the so, money moves. But, and by uh, the way, we leave your lock of the week to the very end, by the way. Yeah. And that's on purpose. Yeah. Right? So, folks have to hang on. Yeah, maybe they can fast forward or whatever, uh-huh. but still, right? Yeah. As much as possible. We're not here. Uh, we're not here to disrupt. Yeah. You know, anybody, not, a, anybody's livelihood and whether or not they're going to make their mortgage payment yeah. or not, man. Yeah, not not here to gloat, but you know, I, I told you guys to take uh, Xavier Martinez last week, and uh, yeah, you know, came in easy. Even though easy. he was, even though he was booed on the way out, like, of the Dignity Health Sports Center, <laughs> like Mayweather to say, yeah. e- easy money. That's right, right there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my my stat of the week, um, you know, there was a. Canelo and uh, Demetrius Andrade, you know, all week long, you know, you've you've seen clips about, you know, Canelo uh, cussing at him in English and, you know, this and that. So, and then, you know, Demetrius Andrade asked the question, you know, who have you fought? Yeah. And then they were both, you know, who you fought? Yeah. And then Canelo's laughing. But uh, uh, I found some stats, you know, on the internet. Yeah. Uh, Canelo Alvarez has has, uh, beaten 17 world champions. Okay. Uh, Triple G, five world champions. Yeah. Daniel Jacobs, five world champions. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Charlo, three world champions. Mm-hmm. Demetrius Andrade comes in at one world champion beaten. Wow, there you go. I'm surprised that you didn't add uh, Terrence Bud Crawford to that list. Uh, yeah. Per- you know, per- pretty sure it would have been single digits. Yeah, it probably would have. Uh, you know, I-, I could probably look that one up pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my stat of the week. And, and that's the whole thing. That's a great stat of the week, Rick. Um, you know, and Canelo, by the way. Just to go back a little bit last week, the you know the violent nature of the punches, right? Mm-hmm. That he was throwing and landing against Billy Joe Saunders, right? Seemingly getting better and better. More importantly, to your point, his dossier full of champ of world champions. Yeah, right, full it- of world champions. And for anybody, for anybody to say who have you fought, is he really the pound? By the way, that solidifies the pound for pound crown. By the way. No, yeah, definitely. You know, there, there's nobody else that can that, that can possibly match that. Not even close. Mm-mm. Not even close. While he's working to clean up the 168 pound division, like we said, mm-hmm. right? What are these other clowns doing? Yeah, who's Charlo fighting? We don't even know his opponent. The guy that we were talking about <laughs> earlier, that somebody's fighting on the other card. We don't even know the guy Charlo's fighting. Yeah, it's a nobody, right? Yeah, it's a nobody. That June 19 card that you mentioned, where everyone apparently is fighting June 19. It's Boxing Day on June 19. No competitive fight there at all. Nobody yeah. that we can no. look to and point and say, geez, you know, why is this guy fighting? No. All the A-list fighters are going to win. Yeah. That no, per- yeah on that particular close, day. Yeah. Every, and now you could say, well, geez, Canelo's favored in almost every fight he fights, too. Mm-hmm. Not every fight, okay? Yeah. Not every fight he's super favored, but he's fighting world champions. Yeah. And what do you want him to do? Yeah, no, like, you know, if, if he's the best in the world, he's going to be favored in every fight. That's the thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not his fault that he's favored in every fight. Yeah, he's pound for pound the best fighter. The only fighter that probably the numbers would be a little bit, you know, um, favorable, um, but he still wouldn't be favored, would be the 160-pound Jamar Charlo. Yeah. Maybe David Benavides, who we ran into. Yeah. But, but uh, Canelo would still be favored mm-hmm. in that fight. So yeah. 18 world champions Yeah. that Canelo's fought. Yeah, uh, 17. But yeah, he... 17. he, he uh, It'll be 18. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be 18. 18 when he fights Caleb Plant. Fights and beats Caleb Plant. As much as we like Caleb Plant, he's going to beat Caleb Plant. Yeah. Wow. Rick, that does it for round number one. That's a big round one, man. We talk about big knockouts in yeah. round one. This was a KO, Rick. No, yeah. No, good, good, good job. All right, folks. We will talk to you next week. 
Protect yourself at all times. See you next week, Rick. See you next week.